From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Hom, and this is CogCast. Traffic congestion is usually cited as one of the most important issues affecting the daily quality of life in inland Southern California. As Western Riverside continues to be among the fastest growing regions in the nation, how will more growth affect traffic and what can be done about it? Today, we will explore the Transportation Uniform Mitigation Fee Program, also known as TUMF, and we are pleased to welcome our own Director of Transportation and Planning, Chris Gray, as our guest. So, Chris, thank you for being with us today. Rachel, happy to be here. Yay. Um, how long have you actually been at WRCOG? So, I started with WRCOG in June, January of 2016, uh, so I've now been here almost three years. Three years. Okay, so did you? are you originally from out here in Western Riverside, or where did you grow up? No, I uh, was born in Canada. I spent a year in Minnesota, spent about 25 years in Florida, and then moved out here in November of 2000. I like to tell everyone that I'm personally responsible for George Bush being president because <laughs> I left the state on election night. And I um, used to jokingly say that I stole all the Al Gore ballots and threw them out along the freeway in Alabama. Jokingly. Uh, jokingly. <laughs> I, I, but for the record, I, I did not commit voter fraud and I was not responsible for the hanging chads. That's on the record. That's on the record. <laughs> so, okay, so you grew up in a variety of different places, or you lived in a variety of different places. So what were some of, like, your favorite things to do growing up? Well, you have to understand that in Florida it gets really hot. Um, and even though we had a pool and we did outdoor stuff, you, you know, it's 110 out and it's 99% humidity. You don't really want yeah, to be outside. Uh, so I would watch a lot of TV, and um, I wasn't very good at sports. So I ended up... Uh, I would watch a few sports, but I, I really glommed on to uh, professional wrestling. And so I would watch uh, hours and hours of professional wrestling shows as, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. And I'd watch Dusty Rhodes, Butch Reed, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and all the great guys. Um, and so there was Georgia wrestling and Florida wrestling. And it was uh, Gordon Soley was the um, – he was the announcer and I thought wrestling was the greatest thing ever until one day I discovered wrestling wasn't real. Um, and I was crushed when I didn't care that there was no Santa Claus, no tooth fairy, none of that. That was fine. (laughs) But wrestling not being real was ranks up there with finding out, um, there may not be UFOs uh, or no Loch Ness monster. So I was very upset by all of that. Um, but I, I've learned to, to get around it, and now I'm able to appreciate all kinds of sports, sports entertainment, and uh, other so things. So not just well. wrestling. Not just wrestling, yes. Good for you. <laughs> I imagine that must have been devastating as an 8, 9, 10-year-old. Yeah, it is. It was just I, I got so invested, and, and you, you really thought that, oh, my God, these, these guys are just beating the heck out of each other, and, and oh my, there's, there's good people and bad people and uh, all things, and then I discovered they're all just really crappy actors, so. That, I'm sure. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm glad you got over that. Or are you still getting over that? I'm fine. I've, I've, I've learned to accept it. I'm glad I'm glad you feel from So, bringing it right back to the temp program. So, more growth in Western Riverside. So, how that's going to create more traffic. So, can you just provide a little bit of a summary of what's to come moving forward? So, um... The Western Riverside region has long been and continues to be a desirable area to live. 
And we're projecting that the county population could grow from roughly two and a half million people to almost four million people in the next 20 years. So um, one of our partner agencies, the Riverside County Transportation Mission, RCTC, did a study a couple of years ago where they estimated the um, unmet transportation needs for the county were about $20 billion. So historically, where exactly are those funds coming from in order to pay for roads, specifically in our area? Yeah, so... um, an important source has always been the gas tax, and the gas tax is paid. You know, it's it's collected every time you fill up your car when you swipe your credit card. Um, a portion of the the cost that you pay for each gallon of gas, some of it goes to the federal government, some of it goes to the state government, some of it uh, is kept locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with the gas tax is that on a on a federal level, it's been decades since it's been increased. On the state level, it was just increased after decades. Uh, people are very resistant to the gas tax, and and what people also sometimes don't understand is the gas tax is increasingly becoming less relevant as fuel efficiency goes up. Some people drive electric cars. They don't even pay mm-hmm. uh, a gas tax. So mm-hmm. the gas tax doesn't generate nearly enough um, funds that it used to. Uh, there's also local transportation sales tax. We have one in Riverside County, uh, half cent uh, sales tax on each transaction goes directly to transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cities will will sometimes put other funding sources in. The, the problem is, is that a lot of uh, transportation projects have been heavily reliant on money from the state and money from the federal government. Uh, and simply that, that money is not as available as it once was. It's becoming increasingly competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a- agencies are, are looking for ways to, to make up for that difference. And, and one of the ways is something called impact fees. What, what exactly is an impact fee? So an impact fee is a fee on new development, and it's tied to the impact caused by that new development. So, for example, if you go out and build 500 homes, Mm -hmm. that's going to increase the number of cars on the road, and then you are um, essentially paying for new facilities to accommodate that development. Mm -hmm. This um, There are water impact fees, sewer impact fees, road impact fees, park impact fees, um, any kind of public facility that's impacted by new development is um, can be paid for by impact fees. I do want to say, and this is a common misperception, is you cannot use impact fees to fix existing projects. So you can't go in and charge a de- charge a development um, a fee to repave a road, um, fix a pothole, anything like that. It can only be used on new projects. Um, and so when you have less state money, the gas tax is a less reliable source of funding. Uh, all these other funding sources are tapped out. You, you have to go to impact fees. And then when when people talk about impact fees, they, they oftentimes think, well, am I, am, aren't I already paying for this road? Mm-hmm. Well, we talked previously about how roads are so expensive. And then, then you have to also realize that when it comes time to pay for something, our cities have so many other demands on their funds. There are, you know, when people say like, well, I don't want to pay more in the gas tax or, or I don't want to pay this fee. Uh, my answer would be, well, what do you want to get rid of? Do you want to, do you want to have your city stop paying its policemen or do you want to have uh, less fire service or um, do you want to cut back on, on funding for the parks and recreation department or, or some other source of fundings? So what's, what's appealing about an impact fee is it's a fee that's directly on the development. It's a one-time fee paid by that development and it's directly linked to what impact will occur, and then those funds are supposed to go to, to mitigate that impact. 
this might be a silly question, but are those fees legal? Isn't fee just another word for tax? Yeah. What is that relationship? So this this has actually been a um, a contentious issue over a number of decades, and and this this issue of impact fees has gone to the California Supreme Court, the the U.S. Supreme Court, and they have been found to be to be legal as long as certain rules are followed. And so there is a, a California law called AB sixteen hundred and a series of uh, government regulations on how impact fees are collected, when they can be collected, on whom they can be collected, how the money can be spent. And if you follow all the rules and regulations, the fees are legal. And what makes it not a tax is they're restricted in how they can be used. And it only it's a one-time fee on new development. So unlike a sales tax, which you pay every single time um, you purchase something, it's not a recurring fee or you know, an income tax or, or those kinds of things. And so impact fees are legal. Um, but we also have a lot of agencies that do have impact fees, have a lot of rules and regulations they have to follow. And that makes sure that that money is spent appropriately and the fees are co- corrected at the at the right time for the right people. I see. Okay. So you mentioned how most cities and other agencies also collect impact fees. So how exactly did WRCOG get involved in an impact fee program to begin with? It's important to note that very few people ever have a trip that starts and stop in one city. It's common for someone to live in Riverside, work in Moreno Valley. Um, That person could shop in Corona. And so if cities try to fix their own traffic impacts, it's very challenging for them because all they can do is collect money on their residents and their businesses and then tie it to projects in their city. What TUMF does is it pools the money uh, from a variety of areas, brings that money to WRCOG, and WRCOG is able to send that money out um, to the various cities. And again, traffic is regional. And we we have found um, over the history of TUMF, which started in about 2000, sorry, 2000 is when the discussion started, the program was implemented in 2003. That's proven to be a very effective means of dealing with these very dicey um, regional problems. You know, we would note that, but again, it's not the only source of funding. We talked about some of the other funding sources. And then in many cases, cities will still collect their own impact fee on local transportation, which goes to fix local roads. TUMF was never intended to pay for local streets. As I said, legally, it can't pay for maintenance. So it provides one other opportunity for cities to get some extra funding. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so just to clarify, cities or WRCOG is the administrator of the program? Yeah. And so what happened in 2003 when the program was starting to be finalized, they were looking for various agencies to administer the program. And it was felt that by having W. Cock be an impartial administrator, we would make sure that the program didn't favor any one city or one agency. There were discussions about having other agencies, but it, it followed that model. Uh, the Coachella mm-hmm. Valley program has been around since 1989. That's administered by CBAG, which is W. Cog's counterpart in the Coachella Valley. Mm-hmm. And you know, they've, they've kept that same model and we've, been able to successfully administer the program in the past 15 years. The program has been very successful. Definitely. So if WRCOG administers the TUMF program, then who actually pays for TUMF? So TUMF is paid um, by private development. So if you are, um, let's say, building, a, a, I'm going to say a shopping center, as an example, um, you go into a city where your shopping center is and you apply for a series of permits, you show them your plans. Um, you say, okay, this is my how many buildings I have. It's 50,000 square feet of retail. Uh, here's my parking lot. Here's my number of spaces. And at that time, um, once your plans are approved, you get issued permits, which actually gives you the ability to go out and build your project. And mm-hmm. when you 
when you're issued your permits, you're required to pay um, a variety of fees. So you're paying your your fees to the city. Um, you're paying fees for any water and sewer connections. You're uh, paying your TUM fee, and you're, you're also paying other, you know, maybe other fees as well, depending on where you're located. But the payment of the fee is tied to that construction, and again, it's a one-time fee. So, as for example, individual tenants move in and out of that building, they're not paying their fee. It's paid when the when the building is built. I see. Okay, so you've mentioned a few different types of projects that TEMP funds, but can you give us some additional examples of kind of the scope of work that TEMP can actually accomplish? Sure. So, TEMP, if if every project um, that was eligible for TEMP were built, it would it would be about four billion dollars. Oh wow! And what TEMP is mainly providing funding for is the widening of the existing roads, new roadways, and um, freeway interchanges. And so, freeway interchanges are where surface streets connect to. Um, the freeway and you get on and off the freeway at an interchange. It also pays for grade separations at railroads and the grade separations where you elevate the road over the railroad so uh, people are able to cross the road safely. Um, we do provide a small amount of funding to Riverside Transit Agency to mm-hmm. fund transit facilities, uh, but the lion's share is really for roads and interchanges. Um, just some projects that are being funded by TUMF right now, the Cahalco Interchange on I-15 is being funded by TUMF. Um, that's probably our, our biggest project mm-hmm. uh, under construction right now. And then so far, there's nearly 100 projects that have been funded um, through TUMP. And, um, you know, we look forward to continuing that, um, helping our agencies deliver these projects. Definitely. So, like you said earlier, these are all projects that are new projects and not maintenance on old projects. Anything that adds roadway capacity. So, it would be a new road or widening an existing road. Awesome. Okay. I just want to double check on that point. So, what... So WR Cog administers the TEMP, but how? what's the actual process of how a project gets built through TEMP? Yeah, so WR Cog doesn't really make any programming decisions. So we regularly meet with our cities who then request funding through TEMP. Um, so in the example, let's, let's uh, say the city of Riverside is working on a, a grade separation at Adams Street. Um, near where the car dealers are on the 91. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came to W.R. Cog and said, well, we'd like um, this much money to, to start planning the interchange. Um, we then brought the city and the neighboring cities together, like Corona, Europa Valley, Eastvale, mm-hmm. um, and Riverside County together and said, does everyone agree that this is a, a worthwhile project? And when everyone agreed, um, we made the money available to the city. Um, and... One of the aspects of TUMF I want to highlight is that TUMF is a reimbursement program. So the money is only provided to the city when the money is spent, and it makes sure that the money is spent appropriately because mm-hmm. we verify all the expenses by the city uh, against their uh, the work that they said they would do, and we make sure the money is spent appropriately. So it sounds like this process is regionally unifying because a lot of different agencies and cities have to work together to actually decide on a project's implementation. One of the elements of the program is we've grouped all of our agencies into a series of what we call zones. And so zones are basically adjacent cities that meet on a regular basis. The Mm -hmm. Riverside is in one zone. There's a Southwest Riverside. There's a Central. um, There's a Pass area, which is, you know, Banning, Beaumont. Kela Mesa and there's Hemet San Jacinto is another zone. So um, that way, the in, in many cases, it's it's easy for 
um, someone in Riverside to see how a project in Corona would directly benefit them and then vice versa. So that, that decision-making is all occurring at uh, the zone level and it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. taking input from staff and it's also taking input from elected officials. So uh, we view it as an open and collaborative process that uh, is reflective of regional decision-making and we're not in a position where we're having to you know, pick one agency over another. I see. Okay. That makes sense. So, so kind of backtracking a little bit, but does TUMF make it more expensive for people to build homes and for businesses to develop and everything like that? Uh, We would say no. I mean, we in 2016 commissioned a study of the economic impacts of fees on uh, new development. And what we found is that uh, TUMF is a small fraction of the overall project costs. Um, if you're a private developer and you're building a shopping center and you're building a home, uh, you're having to pay for materials, land, labor, mm-hmm. um, other costs as well. And, and to just throw out some round numbers, uh, the average house in West Riverside County now sells for about $500,000. Uh, the TUMP fee on a single family home is less than $9,000. So it's less than 2% of the overall cost of the house. I see. So some might say that fees or more specifically the temp fee hinders economic development. How would you respond to this, Chris? Well, it's important to note that uh, the vast majority of fees collected by TUMF uh, go back directly to the private sector. So over 90% of the fees um, of the money collected by TUMF will go directly for uh, road construction and construction projects. And so that means that um, out of every tough dollar, 90 cents is going mm-hmm. back to the private sector. Mm-hmm. Um, that's leading to um, construction jobs. And it's important to note that when you build a road, you're not just paying the people to build the road, you're, you're buying the materials. Oftentimes they're coming from local companies. Um, so you're supporting local jobs. And then those uh, construction workers are then going home and they're spending money, um, which is co- ultimately coming from the TUMF on shopping and, and their various expenses. And so there's a significant trickle-down effect. Uh, to that point, there's a number of studies that have been done demonstrating the economic benefits of road construction. One study says that for every $1 billion of infrastructure spending, it generates about $17,000, 17,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that, um, since TUMF has a total value of about $3 billion, uh, you could say that TUMF is one of the largest um, job-creating engines in Western Riverside County. 17,000 jobs definitely has a huge impact on our local economy. That's awesome. From an accountability standpoint then, so how do you make sure WRCOG agencies spend TUMF funds on roads and don't use it for anything else, any other purpose? So TUMF is strictly a reimbursement program. So an agency goes out and they hire a contractor to, let's say, widen... uh, I'm just going to make up a road called Main Street. Most cities have a Main (laughs) Street. Uh, so So the city has hired a contractor to go out and widen Main Street and so then they submit the actual they will the city the city or the county will pay the bills uh, of the contractor first and then submit money to us for reimbursement and so we verify that the money was paid um we then submit or we then verify that the invoice is for that work on main street so we have a variety of checks and balances mm-hmm. and you know we take our commitment to the region and we take our commitment to the developer seriously because uh, I view it as a contract. You know, they have paid us money and we owe it to them to, mm-hmm. to build what we said we would. So what what's coming next for TEMP? So the um, 
we go through periodic updates to the fee, and it's based on um, changes in development patterns, changes in travel patterns. Uh, so that will be coming down in the next couple of years. Uh, we're looking into whether we want to expand the types of projects funded by TUMF. Um, we are considering whether active transportation or um, greater investment in transit, more mm -hmm. money for bus facilities or even rail might be appropriate. Um, so we're looking at the categories of projects. And then um, I would just say that uh, the future looks bright for TUMP. We're you know, <laughs> continuing to develop or continuing to collect um, you know, a, a good amount of funds on you know, coming in from new development and we're, we're getting that money out to our local agencies and we've got some key projects coming up. There's um, the good thing is we have projects throughout our region um, that are being funded by TUMF and we're, we're very excited about this opportunity to work with our agencies and get this facility, get these facilities built and get people uh, maybe not sitting in traffic as much. <laughs> I'm sure everyone regionally will be very excited about that. Well, thank you so much for um, sitting in with us today and just sharing a little bit more about the TUMP program. I'm sure that, I mean, it, personally, that was very informative. And I think it's just so neat hearing how TUMP really connects regionally our area. And it's so true that people don't normally just stay in one area for all, work, life, everything else. And so traffic is very much a regional issue. And so um, thank you again, Chris. Um, stay tuned for our next episode of CODcast. We're excited to host the next one coming soon. Um, and with that said... Thank you, Rachel. Happy to do it. The Western Riverside Council of Governments, also known as WRCOG, exists to unify the Western Riverside County so that it can speak with a collective voice on important issues that affect its members. For more information on WRCOG and the CODcast, please visit us at www.wrcog.us.